Very quickly with the weather. Cloudy with a few rain patches, rather low visibility, currently 20 degrees, relative humidity 96%. And here's a half-hour news with Samantha Butler. President Trump has accused some hospitals of hoarding ventilators, machines which are vital to treat patients with acute symptoms of the coronavirus. Mr Trump told reporters that the hospitals were like shoppers hoarding groceries and said ventilators and other equipment must be released. Speaking at the White House, President Trump said the United States would increase testing to defeat the virus. The deployment of rapid testing will vastly accelerate our ability to monitor, track, contain, and ultimately defeat the virus. We will defeat the virus. It will also allow us to test doctors, nurses, and other healthcare workers immediately and enable us to act quickly and aggressively to shut down the spread of the virus in critical facilities like hospitals and nursing homes. Mr. Trump said death rates would peak in two weeks' time and movement restrictions would be extended until the end of April. Officials in the two European countries hardest hit by the coronavirus pandemic, Italy and Spain, say they believe their countries are at or near the peak of the outbreak. Italy's deputy health minister said he expected to see a significant drop in cases within 10 days. There have been more than 10,000 virus-related deaths in Italy. A member of parliament from Milan, Lea Quattapelli, said it was vital not to lift restrictions on movement too quickly. If we don't fight the virus, we cannot restart normal economic activity. So we need to be really careful with reopening. I think it's right to start thinking about reopening, but after Easter. And then we will see how to reopen, whether to do selective reopening or regionally or economically. We start uh, thinking about this. Spain has recorded its worst daily fatality figure, 838, but new infections are increasing at a slower rate. Tight new restrictions have been imposed on the movement of people in the Russian capital. The BBC's Steve Rosenberg reports from Moscow. Russian officials have made it clear this nine-day break is not a holiday. They're urging the public to stay at home, hoping that this will help slow the spread of the coronavirus To discourage people from going out, shopping centres, cafes, restaurants and bars have been ordered to shut. Many parks and recreational areas too. Food shops, chemists, banks and post offices remain open. But the mayor of Moscow, Sergei Sabyanin, urged Moscovites not to go to the shops unless in dire need. You're listening to the news on RTHK. And welcome to Backtat. I'm Hugh Chiverton. Today we're going to be catching up on latest developments and efforts to contain COVID-19 in Hong Kong, the United States and the UK, and a report on Earth Hour in Hong Kong and around the world from WWF. As ever, we want to hear from you. You can leave a message on our Facebook page. That's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or give us a call. And our telephone number is 233-88266. Joining us for the first part of the programme this morning, we have with us now Glenn Shive, Executive Director of the Hong Kong America Centre at the Chinese University, currently in the UK, and David Zweig, Director of uh, Transnational China Consulting Limited, Professor Emeritus of the University of Science and Technology, Vice President of the Centre on China and Globalisation uh, in Beijing. I think at the moment is in, is in uh, Canada. Kwok Ki will be joining us uh, after the news at nine, uh, as ever. Uh, drop us a line, backchat at rthk.hk.
Uh, just a little apology in advance. We're working out of a different studio uh, this morning, and some of the arrangements are, are rather different. So uh, please bear with us. Uh, we'll do our best to uh, read out your messages, but I say there, there may be some uh, technical uh, hitches and uh, uh, glitches uh, along the way. So uh, please uh, be patient. We're doing we're doing our best. Uh, here's some emails. First of all, um, bet- that uh, happened from Friday's program to today. Uh, we've had quite a few, so I'll, I'll break them up. Peter T, though, said that RTHK has reported Beijing's announcement to restrict uh, to restrict drastically the outgoing flights to one a week, presumably to each destination. This has graver implications for Hong Kong, as those who wish, wish to avoid this restriction will hail straight for Hong Kong. How would Regina Ip suggest we respond to avoid this prospect? Regina Ip was a guest on Friday's programme. DY says, hi, apparently the US Justice Department has offered guidance on how to deal with purposeful exposure and infection of others. These people could face criminal charges under US federal terrorism laws. After seeing well-circulated videos of some disgusting people committing despicable acts here, e.g. one in which a local woman who was allegedly under quarantine after returning to Hong Kong from overseas pretended to ask a convenience store clerk a question and then deliberately pulled down her mask and spit on her face, which was on security cam. The Hong Kong government should also look into charging offenders under our terrorism laws under the crime ordinance here in Hong Kong. That comes uh, from DY. John says uh, in Germany, apparently in Germany, uh, have started to ramp uh, antibody testing, which is easier and cheaper to scale than PCR tests and targets the population that's asymptomatic with minor symptoms and those that get sent home by doctors to self-isolate. Is Hong Kong doing any preparation stroke action on this? If you know you have already gained immunity, then it's easier to make decisions around business continuity measures. Both type of tests obviously are important and the more data points we can get, the better we can determine the next course of action. That comes from John. And uh, finally, Mr Tang says in the UK, the news that both the Prime Minister Boris Johnson and Health Secretary Matt Hancock have tested positive for COVID-19 should drive home the strong message that populations from around the world should remain vigilant in the fight against the coronavirus. Measures such as city lockdowns, ban on mass gatherings and closures of bars and restaurants have been lambasted as draconian, but they are necessary since the UK does not have enough capacity to carry out large-scale testing on its citizens. Asymptomatic carriers could be spreading the virus in public, so the importance of social distancing cannot be overstated. In Hong Kong, the measures rolled out by the government to further encourage social distancing make perfect sense. Banning gatherings of more than four people, spacing out customers and operating at half capacity are all practicable. In the States, NBA star Stephen Curry had a one-on-one video conferencing session with White House medical advisor Dr Anthony Fochi last Friday. Dr Fochi patiently answering a wide range of questions regarding COVID-19 such as its transmittability, mortality rate and vaccine development. The Highly informative and educational video can be found on YouTube. Knowledge is power in this battle against COVID-19, so everyone should check it out. Wish all Backchat members and listeners good health. That comes from Mr Tang. Thank you very much indeed. Backchat at rthk.hk, our email address. As I say, uh, maybe uh, we may have a a few little uh, technical uh, hitches along the way. Uh, David Zweig, uh, good morning to you, or good day to you. Thank you very much indeed for for joining us. I think you're you're in Canada at the moment. What's the situation? I am am in Toronto. How, How are things in Toronto? Well, uh, it was a nice day today. Uh, I went for a walk and people were out walking around, though keeping some distance, but basically everything's closed. You know, restaurants are closed, uh, supermarkets are still open, no traffic, 
at all. Um, I'd say that's you know pretty much a, not quite a lockdown, but pretty much a lockdown. We've had that for about a week. The, the mayor's been pretty active on this, uh, and the city was uh, at risk of becoming a major hot hot spot. And I think they're trying to avoid that. Uh, and how? Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, and how are they doing? How is that going? Well, I don't, the numbers. What are sort of still, measures have been? I, what, I mean, how are they? Yeah, how are they trying to do looking, it? Yeah, I was just looking at the numbers today for Ontario. You know, Ontario and Quebec um, are the place where there's the most. Uh, the death rate is pretty low. I was looking at the death rate, and um, uh, and they're doing a lot of testing. So I think they're ahead of the U.S. on that curve. Um, and uh, the death rate is, is not too bad. Um, I mean, I don't want to make light of it, but um, uh, so far it seems to be, you know, tr- um, Trudeau's been pretty, he's done okay, I think. Um, you know, a lot of people think that he's not a very strong leader, but I think overall he's, he's done okay on this. Uh, and what's your reading of, of what's been happening in the U.S.? How do you think the uh, U.S. administration has fared? Well, you know, I have to say from the outset that uh, I'm not a huge fan of the president, so I don't want uh, people to come back to me and say, you know, I'm one-sided. Um, but, but I think that the president has uh, uh, shown sort of a, a fl- you know, sort of two sides. One is he is concerned about what's going on, but he sees this very much, I think, as an opportunity to enhance his public opinion polling before the president, uh, the presidential election, and keep himself. Uh, I mean, he's he's made himself the center of this. Uh, yeah, today, he's he's when necessary, he's backed down on certain issues. He said at one point that he thought he was hoping that uh, America would be doing okay by Easter, and then immediately people thought that that was now that's been. He's agreed that it was aspirational, but um, uh, Dr. Fauci. Uh, has um, uh, held him to his sort of held him down. Let me just say so. So why why the president's doing pretty well on this? You know, his public opinion poll uh, polling his rate his position is the highest it's ever been, and I think it's because he seemed to be leading a team, and the team is doing pretty well, though they've been slow on lots of lots of issues because he hasn't been as aggressive perhaps as he should have been saying a couple weeks ago that he thought it was a hoax. But the team has been pretty good, um, and they're ramping it up right now, and he's able to take credit for that because he comes out and speaks, these press conferences, and then he calls in these, and he has these very talented, smart people standing behind him. Um, and so he looks like he's leading a team, which in essence he is, and so I think that's, that's a big part of this. Um, but America, you know, my wife and kids are in New York. Uh, and people are very scared in New York. Uh, uh, the stress is huge. Um, new new places are opening up. Detroit's going to be in trouble. New Orleans is going to be in trouble again. Um, you know, this seems to be about an eight-week up, uptick, and it's moving around the country, and these cities are, are just getting um, getting hit. Uh, of course, there's a lot of speculation on, on uh, Sino-U.S. relations and how that's being impacted. Have you got any idea of how this will shake down or how this will, will come out in the end? Will, will the uh, relations be improved or worsened or what? Well, I don't think that they're, you know, I don't think they're, def- they're definitely not going to get improved. You know, at some point, I think there will be people within the administration 
who are really going to say, look, it's, you know, let's really, I mean, Navarro has already said this. Peter Navarro has already said that China should pay uh, for not giving out the information that it has. Uh, President Trump has been pretty positive uh, in his, in sometimes in his uh, press conferences, and then he'll be quite negative and he'll blame China for not giving enough information soon enough. So uh, on this, I think, uh, you know, it, it, I don't think this is going to be the final straw in all of this. I think these are two countries that are still challenging each other uh, for dominance, uh, or, you know, challenging each other globally. And uh, the Trump administration will, I think, try to use this later on against China for not opening up. And, and the Chinese are getting... You know, the Chinese are quite annoyed at when Trump called, called this for a while the China, uh, China virus uh, on his press conferences, uh, his briefings. Uh, that got the Chinese quite upset. Um, and uh, it's actually uh, people, Asians, uh, in lots of parts. And we even know this in London, but we have my son has a friend in London. But, I mean, Asians are getting accused of uh, spreading the virus. Trump, you know, for a few days, President Trump engaged in, I guess, a little bit of racial, uh, I wouldn't stereotyping or, you know, calling it the China virus, which sort of fed the anti-China feeling within the United States. So, yeah, and he has stopped doing that now, noticeably stopped. He um, has. He's done. You know, he. The thing is um, about him. You know, um, he said that this was going to be over by April. Now he now he he he's listening, you know. It takes a while. I think it'd be interesting to be on the inside of some of the meetings between the scientists, uh, maybe his political advisors, and the president. And the scientists are really trying to hold his feet to the scientific, you know, what the data is actually telling him. And today he, he sounded. He started out pretty good, you know. He talked. The first thing he said is, "We've got to do more social distancing." Um, and that's a message that he needs to be sending out to Americans so that they don't hang out uh, like they did in Florida, um, you know, a week and a half ago. So he, he's good on that. Um, he's extended the federal deadline or the, the federal social distancing deadline now um, uh, for an extra two weeks. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, he's in a fight with Governor Cuomo of New York. He's accused governors of overstating their needs. He took on the press, a very nasty uh, interaction with a couple of journalists, one former um, uh, uh, New York Times correspondent, a black woman, uh, which he could very easily, last time he called her nasty. Um, and today he accused a CNN correspondent of being a liar. Um, so he... At the same time, so he's, you know, he's two-sided. He makes some of these concessions, and I think he's been making the concessions under enormous pressure to say, you know, uh, maybe he didn't quite say I made a mistake, but he's, you know, he's sort of saying we're, no, we're going to need two more weeks to, to really clean this up. And then he just can get one of my favorite, Hugh, one of my favorite questions, which really annoyed him, um, was it seems that Florida, uh, well, so the question is, is there a correlation between which states, which governors are getting uh, the masks and their required um, in, uh, equipment 
uh, as quickly or as or slowly, you know, because this is the federal government's negotiating and dealing with all of the governors every single day. And so someone um, asked him a question about why it seemed that Florida uh, got all of the equipment that it needed so quickly, 100 percent, and states like Massachusetts couldn't, weren't getting everything. And I'd love to see the relationship between states that Trump needs to win in the election and, uh, you know, Florida, Michigan, uh, and one is that he just doesn't have a chance, which is New York and uh, uh, Massachusetts. He just, you know, so hmm. that's my cynicism on this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Glenn Shive, uh, good day to you. Joining us on the line, I think, from, 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 the, uh, from the UK. Uh, you're in London now, Hello, hello, David. Uh, okay, uh, just before we uh, we get to you, uh, this is an email from uh, Sherman. I'll have to edit for length. Sherman says, Dear Backchat, I applaud the way The Lancet, the well-respected peer-reviewed medical journal, decided to speak up for the medical workers in Britain. Richard Horton, the editor-in-chief, published a scathing editorial uh, on Saturday, uh, putting it plainly, the UK uh, governments contain, delay, mitigate, research strategy failed because ministers didn't follow WHO's advice to test, test, test every suspected case. They didn't isolate and quarantine. They didn't contact trace. These basic principles of public health and infectious disease control were ignored. An award-winning advocate of public health who used to work in hospital in London, he has received many pleas for help from NHS medical workers who told him the British government has acted far too late, leaving the NHS wholly unprepared for the surge of severely and critically uh, ill patients. Uh, distress, he's received various distressing messages from NHS workers uh, in Britain. Uh, for those selfish people out there in Britain, Hong Kong and elsewhere who still refer, refuse to wear a mask, to stay at home, to practice social distancing and to stop those selfish private parties at home or private venues, you're hurting medical workers and vulnerable people in our societies. The medical workers shouldn't have to beg or plead. Here in Hong Kong, we should all play our part and cooperate and take our civic duty seriously. And for those who still won't, law enforcement agencies and the courts should act swiftly and firmly. And the Hong Kong government should he not hesitate to come up with a more intensive deterrent strategy as soon as is needed. That comes uh, from Sherman. Um, Glenn, how, how are things looking from uh, London? How's the mood there? It looks uh, pretty scared uh, from what I've been reading. Well, it's certainly a hot spot uh, in London. I'm actually in Scotland myself, oh, okay. so I'm a bit on the periphery of that, but uh, certainly the um, uh, the whole country is uh, is caught in the, the drama was made uh, exemplified by uh, by the Prime Minister uh, coming down with the virus and several of his uh, team uh, that uh, it's been said that Westminster with people uh, uh, are are sitting very close to each other and this is uh, the whole government is is face-to-face is, is -face intensive process so uh, they've had to adjust to um, you know uh, working at, from home and online like everyone else uh, so uh, it is um, uh, but further out from uh, from London it's uh, it's it's less intense uh, and um, this is the question also in the US there are different you know urban centers uh, are, are really likely to be the hot spots and uh, David was mentioning them and the, there are new hot spots that will you know spread around in the in the US um, uh, and perhaps in, in the UK as well, uh, Birmingham, Manchester, other cities, uh, whereas the rural areas obviously less 
dense, less concentrated, uh, the, uh, the the, the in- incidents are lower. So um, uh, Trump is sort of trying to get to a, an approach of this vast country to we don't have the same rules for, the, for you know the whole 50 states, but Nebraska and Idaho and Iowa, rural states, um, they have low incidence. Um, so if they're under the same lockdown, um, you know maybe they should be given the chance to kind of come back uh, and, and restart the economy. So, uh, on the other hand, people are saying, wait a minute, this is people move from place to place and. Unless you have a testing regime in place uh, for to really know who is uh, immune and uh, who might be an asymptomatic carrier, um, you know this kind of county by county or locality oriented recovery process is is doomed to failure. In fact, will accelerate uh, the spread of the virus. So there's a real dilemma between. You know, what the public health people are saying you got to do uh, to contain the spread uh, before you open the economy to, uh, to, to towards recovery, um, you know, which everybody wants. Uh, but Trump is pretty impatient uh, as he watches the stock market, as he watches other indices, but he's also watching the numbers of deaths. And, and I cases, think, I, and the U.S. is now the largest, uh, uh, out, outstripping China, Italy, uh, with yeah. uh, over 1,000 deaths um, and 44,000 cases uh, in New York alone. Um, I think, I think so, that, um, Glenn, you know, yes. I was just going to say that um, today, today, you know, the number Tony Fauci has come out with uh, using the numbers that were originally found in the the study out of uh, London, out of um, the King's College, um, yep. where they were talking about uh, potential of uh, uh, several hundred thousand uh, dead in the U.S. And I think those are the numbers that uh, have started to uh, affect. You know, it seems it's taken a while. A lot of us who've been monitoring this, uh, about a week ago, that report was passing around. Um, and about 200,000 made its way into the White yeah. House. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right. Big... And, as you were saying, David, that it's the, the, the health professionals uh, getting their, their science-based approach to this uh, uh, into you know, Trump's head, uh, countering his own inclination to uh, try, you know, politically, to try to sort of get people back to work and to be the... To be, you know, to be impatient with the lockdown, uh, because he he thinks that in that sense he's saying the cure might be more uh, more difficult than the problem originally. I mean, so, but this is, you know, with this dilemma, he tends to send mixed messages out to the country. I mean, are we, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel? He's he wants to sort of spread some hope, and we see this and. Um, kind of Boris Johnson's uh, rhetoric as well, although he's more restrained, he's not giving false hope. But uh, one fears that in the U.S. case, that Trump is uh, too eager to uh, look towards lifting these uh, very draconian preserves. That we're all living under this kind of lockdown uh, uh, lifestyle. How long can we sustain it? And um, you know, he he uh, he just 
believes that getting the economy going will put, get people, uh, you know, spirits going. It'll, you know, get the productivity. It'll get them reelected. It'll get them reelected. Get them reelected if he can declare victory. And he's got two point two trillion dollars that have been passed, but you know, bipartisan by the Congress uh, to right. infuse a huge amount of new money. Uh, he wants uh, to put his name on every check. From. Every check that goes so he out. Wants, he will certainly from, from take credit to the people. for that. Although, I would say, David, that it, it is... Uh, it's actually... His, his approval ratings are in the high 40s. He's best that he's ever had. But right. when you think about the uh, this instinct that people generally have to rally around the flag... We saw that with George W. Bush after 9-11. His approval ratings shot up to 80% uh, right, approval. Right. He's not doing that well. But, so he is not doing nearly that well. And over time, if you know, people tire of this, I mean, he's on the television every day. And every he's day. upstaging, of course, as he always does, his, his own staff. Uh, this is... Um, so if... If this is a positive story, you could get him reelected. But if it's not, and this goes on and on, uh, he could be then tarred as the one who couldn't, who waited too long in the beginning, uh, called it a hoax, uh, as you mentioned, and and gave mixed messages about this is not so serious, and lost you? the time that people really needed to be doing things like getting test regimes in place, which are still not in place. So. Ontario's taking five days. I mean, you compare Quebec. I was just looking it up before the show. Um, uh, in Quebec, where they've had the most uh, uh, cases, you can, there are ten, ten places around the province where you can get your results pretty quickly. And in Ontario, it's taking five days to get your results. So, so in that sense. But, you know, Hugh, I had a question for you. And maybe for the audience, which is what country's done well, you know, what place has done well? You know, Hong Kong did okay, and then, and then it sort of, you know, screwed up. Uh, China kept quiet about it for a long time, but they were able to contain it within a province. But, but, but largely a lot of people died. Spain, France, Italy, England. Um, uh, you know, I know Singapore's done okay, but it's easy to close off a, a tiny island. City. Okay, I, I think I think well, well one answer to your, to your question would be uh, well, you know, we we. we we approached it here you had a long warning in the u.s and europe yeah. you had you had six weeks uh, headway or something and you didn't take it seriously that's what a lot of people right. are saying here is uh, you could have done better than us we we've done fair if you look at the per capita uh deaths then, uh, then actually we've done uh, we've, we've done well China is saying that we we gave you time by being yeah. so draconian in our own way uh, we gave you several weeks to get ready for this, and you didn't uh, act. And uh, this is there's an ad that the Democrats are 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 playing that are showing quotations of Trump saying it's not a big deal, and we're in control, and it's going to be gone, and you know, in a couple weeks, and basically saying this even as there is a uh, ticking underneath as sort of the the death toll is rising is rising and is sort of trying to capture this idea 
that he was fiddling as the country was burning, in a sense, that, uh, that he was irresponsible in terms of not mobilizing American public health system at a national level uh, to, to get ready for this. Uh, and, and, and that was crucial in losing time in January and February. Uh, well, so China's going to push back really on that unmatched. and say you didn't use the time that we gave you. Yeah, David Zweig, finally, yeah. just briefly. Well, I was going to say that, you know, the, the mass manufacturing of masks, it's really only coming out now. Uh, it's only in the last day or two that you really hear that there is this business mobilization and they're talking about all these numbers of masks that are coming out. So the president's just saying, amazing, it's just, it's amazing. But, you know, we're now, what, what's the date today? I don't even keep track anymore. 29th or 30th of March. I mean, it's really late and that equipment needed to be there. And the same thing Len was saying about testing and, and testing capacity. Yeah. I mean, it's there now. It's starting to come out in the next few days. And it, everything will be better, I think, in terms of the capacity for the health care and for the testing. That will finally come online. Um, but you've lost the whole month of March. Yeah. And so well, the U.S. actually, the trajectory, if you look at the angle, if you, I was looking at a map of, uh, not a map, but a chart, of the angle, the United States angle is the sharpest yeah. right now of any okay. major country in R the world. Okay, we're out of time, but thank you very much indeed for, for joining us with a very interesting report. Thank you very much. David Zweig, the director of the Transnational China Consulting Limited, joining us from uh, uh, Canada, from Toronto, uh, and Glenn Shive, executive director of the Hong Kong America Centre, uh, based at the uh, Chinese University, actually reporting there. From Scotland, thank you very much indeed. Kwok Kar Kee joining us after the news at nine, as well as the WWF talking about Earth Day. Uh, the weather cloudy with a few rain patches and low visibility. Temperatures today up to 22 degrees. And the readings at the moment, uh, 20 Celsius at the Relative Observatory. Back in three minutes' time. Of Europe, where there's a lockdown to curb COVID-19, satellite images show lower than average levels of nitrogen dioxide in major cities when compared with the same period last year. Data from the European Environment Agency showed Madrid's levels more than halved after non-essential travel was banned two weeks ago. Air pollution is said to kill about 400,000 Europeans a year. You're listening to the news on RTHK. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Back Chats on a Monday morning, continuing our discussion of uh, aspects of uh, COVID-19. We were talking about the situation a little bit in Europe and the US in particular, uh, uh, in, and even in Canada, in the first part of the program. We want to turn local, uh, basically, uh, uh, in this part of the uh, program. Uh, if you want to uh, join in, give us a call, 233-88266, uh, or you can email backchat at rthk.hk. We'll do our best to read out your messages. As I say, we're operating from a different studio. Uh, today uh, it's uh, it's uh, so we will do our best, but please uh, bear with us uh, when it comes to uh, reading out those messages. Uh, just before we go on, uh, this is a this is a message from Frank, who says, "Can someone bring this up in today's discussion? Why is the media not discussing the number of infections and deaths in Switzerland, with a population equivalent to Hong Kong's? The numbers are very high, up to ten thousand plus, and more than a thousand deaths. Second, connected with one, Spain tests any uh, cardiovascular." or pulmonary-related death for COVID-19 post-mortem. Also, any clinical presentation of lower respiratory disease is felt with as, as COVID-19. Is Germany doing that? If not, why not? 
Are Germany's mortality numbers misleading? And third, Singapore has very few deaths, three to date. They keep COVID-19 critical cases on life support for 25-plus days. What is the clinical justification for that? How many countries can afford to do so, given the increasingly high numbers? Question mark. That comes uh, from Frank. Once again, I email backchat at rthk.hk. I'll try and get to the uh, to the other messages as, as they uh, come in. OK, our number 233-88266. We've got a caller on the line. I think it's Jim. Jim, good morning. Hi, good morning. Hi. Uh, look, um, everybody seems to agree that this uh, virus started, it's a zoonotic virus. It's come from, uh, uh, be- uh, believed to have come from that animal market up in uh, Wuhan. Um, I was astounded uh, to, to read the, the mail on Sunday. There's a story, and the... Um, the information's been provided by uh, a Hong Kong news agency, Red Door News. Uh, and basically, they went to uh, an animal market in Guilin, and it's all up and running again. They have dogs and cats in cages ready for slaughter. Exactly the same thing that happened in Wuhan, and it's starting again in China, and they're supposed to have banned all this shit, which is ridiculous. Hmm. So people can go, just uh, do a search, mail on Sunday, and, and type in Guilin, and you'll get the story. Um, so, secondly, um, somebody just mentioned on air the, about the why so many people are, are not dying in, in Germany and Switzerland. And um, searching through the German press, I speak German, uh, the story came up about uh, the number of nurses the number of nurses in Germany and Switzerland is very high. And actually, Germany, since 2015, has been recruiting nurses. They're bringing them in from Philippines, Nepal, wherever. They're training them up and uh, uh, putting them into the system. OK, because the, the email specifically said that they're keeping people on on uh, um, respirators for a long time, 25-plus days or whatever, uh, keeping them basically on, on life support. Um, do you, has that been raised, do you know, in the, in the German press? I haven't seen anything. Um, there's one good story, which uh, was in uh, Stern magazine. And basically they, they found that uh, if you don't have enough staff, it doesn't matter if you've got too many beds, if you don't have enough staff, then you, you can't do much with it. Mm. So that's uh, actually... Being a nurse is not a popular job in Germany, but it's well paid. That's why they're getting all these people who are already trained overseas. They're bringing them in. They're putting through their German training. And another interesting point is that the the, the, the countries with the, the predominance of type A blood seem to be uh, more susceptible to catching the virus. Which are those? Uh, look, I'm... I'm Oh. I'm outside at, at the moment okay. uh, on mobile. <laughs> right. But uh, I have a list which I can send to you and read it out tomorrow. But okay. it, it's it, basically if you go to Wikipedia and, and, and type in blood types and you'll see which have the, the most type A blood. 
Okay. Uh, Jim, just stay on the line because I heard an, an email from uh, uh, Judith Mackay, which is interesting, and you might want to might want to talk about this as well. Judith Mackay says, uh, on the 29th of January, I alerted the WHO, quote, given the male-to-female death rate from COVID uh, is then about three to one in China, could it be the high male smoking rates that account for this? Since then, a huge amount of data confirms my view, and bodies like the World Health Organization, the World Bank, health organizations, and national ministers of health are unanimous recognising the link and the risk. This week, WHO came out with a definitive statement on this. Current statistics show that smokers are more likely to get COVID-19 and, in particular, more likely to die from it. There are several reasons why COVID is particularly harmful to smokers. First, smokers may already have chronic lung disease, placing them in the vulnerable group. Many smokers already have damaged lungs, which reduces the ability to fight off the virus. Smoking also affects the immune response. The act of smoking means that fingers and possibly contaminated cigarettes or delivery systems for new tobacco products are in contact with lips, which increases the possibility of transmission of the virus from hand to mouth. Uh, five smokers usually take off or adjust their masks to smoke, another opportunity for transfer. Uh, smoking products such as water pipes often involve the sharing of mouthpieces and hoses, which could facilitate the transmission. The virus is breathed out, so it's possible that the clouds of smoke and vape emitted by the smoker would spread the virus. Uh, if there was ever a moment to quit smoking for the immediate and long-term future use, it is now. That comes from, from, from Judith Mackay. Uh, Jim, do you want to comment? Well, she hit the nail right on the head. Uh, in fact, there's another study just come out from uh, University of Belfast, which the WHO is uh, taking very seriously, which shows that um, the vapour effect on the lungs from uh, e-cigarettes uh, is, is more damaging to the lungs and to the COVID-19 users than actual cigarette smoke. So the longer the longer the research goes on, the more harmful uh, the, these items are. Hmm. Okay, Jim. Many, many thanks for your for your call. Two three three eight eight two six six is the number. Mike, uh, reacting to um, the uh, comments in the first part of the program. Mike says Trump did not. So this is an email. Trump did not say that this was a hoax with regard to the virus. All opinion from David in Canada. Get factual. This is a China virus. Get over it. Why does the media make this about Trump? Wow, they think this is about getting a gotcha moment. Uh, getting a little tired after the last four years of media attack. What have you got right lately? Global warming? Oh, sorry. Changed it to climate change. Glenn was factual. That is reporting. Uh, good job. That's uh, Mike's take. Uh... uh Okay. Um, well, we're, uh, yeah, there's, there's one more email from uh, Peter, uh, who says, what the hell is the US government doing? Whatever they can do, uh, wrong or too late, they're, well, they're doing it. Over 124,000 cases by Sunday, compared with total cases uh, a, per 1 million population. The US already has seven times more cases than China. New York City, uh, New Jersey, and many of the superclusters are still not under full lockdown. The rich have already fled the city to the countryside. Hundreds of thousands are leaving it as well, potentially spreading the infection all across the whole country. Uh, 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 nurses and doctors are getting fired for speaking out against dangerous working conditions and the lack of masks and PPE. No, that's not China. That's the US. But don't worry, Trump won't forget his business and the rich 
as he refuses any congressional oversight for the uh, $500 US dollar billion uh, bailout fund. That's uh, from uh, Peter. Thanks very much indeed for that. Well, joining us on the line now, uh, thank you very much indeed, is Joseph Lee, the um, the Health Services uh, Functional Constituency Legislator. Ms Lee, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for, for joining us. Just just catching up then on, on what's uh, happened uh, in, in Hong Kong. We're still getting a very high level of infections. It's still the same pattern, and it's still a lot of those people have a, have a travel history. Um, uh, how, how long is this going to go on? Um, when are we going to break the back of this? Well, I guess uh, um, you can see that there's a couple of... I, I just consider as bad news that the... Um, Coronavirus infection will be last for well, at least uh, till Easter holiday. After Easter holiday, uh, there's probably will be a surge of confirmed infected cases within the coming two weeks. And uh, that's why I think uh, people in Hong Kong should be uh, very vigilant in keeping the personal hygiene and try not to uh, go to public uh, areas and keep the social distancing regulations and observe. I mean, observe the social distancing so that to minimise community outbreak. What's the situation at the moment? Are, if you have the virus, if you're confirmed, if you test positive, do you go to hospital? Is everyone in hospital who has the virus that we know of? Well, I guess uh, currently uh, what the hospital authority and the Department of Health doing is uh, once you are, well, I have to be home quarantine, whatever, and self uh, testing for this coronavirus will be provided. But if you unfortunately get a positive result, then they will arrange you to be admitted uh, into the isolation ward. Obviously, what the hospital authority is facing a quite critical situation is that what they claim the current use of isolation bed is quite, um, uh, well, I have to say it's quite, uh, it's in demand. So the, uh, there, there will be a sort of capacity for the isolation bed. So the hospital authority might plan to admit those uh, cases with serious symptoms. For those mild symptoms or for those who are uh, probably in a rehabilitation stage might consider a uh, move to the um, isolation camp instead of being admitted to hospital. So we have to ease the uh, surging capacity of uh, isolation beds. Are, are we in danger of running out of beds? But I think it depends on how the hospital authority tried to ask the patient. Uh, according to their symptom and, and severity. And currently, as you can see, um, the hospital authority do have uh, more than a thousand isolation beds. But unfortunately, for those who have negative pressure facilities, is uh, the usage up to 70%, which is quite critical. And just to prepare, I, I guess, uh, just to prepare, well, there might be a admission or, or surge of uh, confirmed cases who are suffering from severe symptoms. So I guess up till this moment, um, the hospital authority might consider that uh, ask those mild cases to the isolation quarantine camp instead of being admitted in the hospital. That might be a way out. Okay, uh, Andy says in an email, thanks Andy, could you or your guests clarify what border restrictions Hong Kong has enforced? No foreign travellers can enter or transit through Hong Kong at the airport except Hong Kong residents. Is it still the case that anyone entering Hong Kong from mainland China has to go into self-quarantine for 14 days? Will this be relaxed or strengthened? That comes from Andy. Uh, Mr Lee, is that, is, is that correct? Um, no foreign travellers can enter Hong Kong. 
but anyone entering from the mainland has to go into self-quarantine for 14 days. Is that right? That's the situation? The latest uh, quarantine strategy, well, I'll just say lock down the border, close the border, that kind of yes, the issue, is uh, my understanding is that if you are coming from a uh, high-risk area like the U.S. or even Australia, uh, I, I mean, a U.K., then you're not permitted to visit Hong Kong. Well, uh, at this stage, only those residents, Hong Kong residents, who may return from um, overseas are permitted and entering to Hong Kong, and they still have to under 14 days of quarantine. Uh, okay. Uh, Drake says, in answer to the earlier question, which country did well? That was asked just before nine o'clock. Uh, Drake says, uh, Taiwan. Um, Mr. Pink says, I refer to uh, earlier comments from Gordon Lamb, the head of the Small and Medium Restaurant Federation, in which he criticised the government's recent measures limiting patronage at restaurants. While I have enormous sympathy for the restaurant trade, I'm totally supportive of all cars calls for government to provide immediate financial assistance to the sector. Lamb's arguments are weak, for example, in attempting to illustrate how the government's measures to cap gatherings to four people has unfairly singled out restaurants. He asks why a similar curb wasn't imposed on public transportation. The comparison is ridiculous. While travelling on the MTR, I calculated at least 95% of passengers were wearing masks, the only exceptions being expats. On the other hand, at both my lunch and dinner venues yesterday, all patrons took off their masks throughout their one-hour-plus stays, not just during the periods when they Eight. The bottom line is that the risk of transmission of the virus is comprehensively higher in eateries than on public transport, and government's new restrictions are a bare minimum to slow the spread. That comes uh, from uh, Mr. Pink. Uh, and also on that social distancing, uh, John says, can someone please explain how four people at a table and a distance of 1.5 metres between tables fits with the health experts' recommendation of at least two metres for social distancing? Doesn't make sense to me. Helpers should understand the seriousness of this situation and stay home the same as everyone else should be doing it's there for protection as well as the families they live with no one is comfortable being restricted but it's our responsibility to help contain the virus as soon as possible that comes from john what about those measures uh introduced for for uh, restaurants uh, uh joseph lee do you think well what do you make of them do you think they're good do you think they're adequate I guess that would obviously become a kind of bad news to those restaurants because uh, in a limited number of uh, visitors or people go to dining, uh, that will cause a, a sort of um, very detrimental effect to the business of the restaurant. But in view of this social distancing regulation introduced just recently last week, I guess the purpose is to limit it or to restrict this as number of social, uh, people uh, in social gathering. I think as far as uh, public health um, issue is concerned, even though, well, um, the, um, the business of the restaurant will be affected, and, and the whole purpose is to try to alert people in Hong Kong. So social distancing is very important to minimize community outbreak and cause infection. And people, well, if you are going to choose to uh, dine out or go to the restaurant, you may consider protect yourself. And also the hospital and the restaurant uh, uh, is, uh, uh, have the responsibility to uh, observe this regulation and try to protect their, um, uh, uh, the people as well. And so I think it's a kind of neutral purpose. And, and especially the, the people, uh, the government um, also announced that there will be a 14 days uh, restriction period. So hopefully after this 14 day situation will, be, uh, will, will become better and the, the then uh, people well, uh, 
try to uh, obviously try not to get it um, too crowded or overcrowded, but still have to keep a social distance. Um, that is quite inevitable. Uh, do you think there are more measures that we need to do now? I mean, you know, a lot of people will say, a lot of people around the world, to be honest, will say, well, how come the bars are open? The universities and schools are closed, but bars are still open? That's a strange uh, approach. Well, that, that's you. that is why uh, a lot of confusion, of course, after the introduction of this uh, social distancing regulation. As you can see, there's a, a lot of so, uh, what we consider as grey areas and that the uh, policy uh, or the regulation uh, quite inconsistent. Like uh, those uh, places, very uh, Marjot or in karaoke, because they are having a kind of restaurant license, they are getting exempted. And that caused a lot of confusion, not just for the people in Hong Kong, but also for the enforcer. Because an enforcement agency has to have a very clear mandate and and in order to uh, enforce the regulation. So I, I think at this stage, the government has to clarify lots of gray areas that might cause confusion. And the whole purpose, I think, um, for public health concern, this uh, new social distancing regulation is trying to limit the number of social gathering. Uh, I, I mean, the people in, in attending the social gathering, so to minimize a uh, community outbreak. And uh, how to enforce this? I thought it was up to the government to try to clarify this. Otherwise, I think uh, the, that might be a kind of um, waste if people were, uh, uh, be, uh, are not really observing this observation uh, and also the um, enforcement agency really can't uh, uh, do their duty according to the new regulation. Okay, well, uh, Joseph Lee, uh, the Health Services uh, Sector uh, Functional Le Constituency Legislator, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us this morning. Uh, much obliged to you. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, a couple more uh, uh, emails. Uh, Dan says, uh, Hi, guys and girls. Great job handling all the craziness in Hong Kong over the past year. Uh, this video by a doctor in New York is in the thick of things, is very, very helpful for regular people and healthcare professionals. And there's an attachment to uh, Dr. I think it's uh, David Price as, uh, on Vimeo and uh, also on uh, YouTube. And he says there's also the Q&A uh, towards the end. Uh, and an email from James who says, The Hong Kong government has piles uh, squirreled away cash that it could easily spend to mitigate wage and livelihood burdens as more and more businesses go to the wall. It doesn't need to print money at all. Most countries are having to increase their debt to support its people throughout this period. Hong Kong wouldn't have to borrow anything. That take from uh, James. Once again, our email backchat at rthk dot hk and uh just comment uh from uh mike again who says on the hoax trump did not call the virus a hoax look it up on snopes.com not a conservative uh website thank you very much indeed um for that finally today as mentioned we wanted to turn to um earth hour the uh regular uh event uh, in which um uh, uh premises uh, around the world are encouraged to uh, switch off for an hour uh, uh by the www Hong Kong to uh, draw attention to environmental causes. It's organised by and coordinated by the WWF and uh, David Olson, who's Director of Conservation at WWF Hong Kong, joins us on the line now. Mr Olson, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, how are Hi, you? Hi, thank you much indeed for joining us. Good, thank you. Um, so how did things go uh, on Saturday, I think, was the, the switch-off day. Uh, how was it in Hong Kong? Well, it's a s symbolic event where you turn off and 
non-essential lights to remind ourselves and society as a whole that uh, we, we are facing a climate crisis. We need to aim towards a more sustainable lifestyle. And it went well. We had uh, over 4,500 companies involved and many individuals of the public. And around the world, we had 190 countries who were involved in, in Earth Hour. And it serves as a reminder to us that we can work together as, a, as humanity, especially in these days with the pandemic, um, to, to solve very critical problems. Did you, I mean, were the people who said, oh, no, or we've got other things on our mind, we've got bigger things to think about at the moment? Or did it still strike a chord, do you think? Well, I, I think there was still a lot of um, motivation and, and interest in this long-standing uh, challenge that we have, which is climate and uh, climate crisis and uh, the loss and change of the natural world around us. The pandemic is a real tragic event. It is a short, sharp shock to uh, humanity, both to society and to people's lives. Um, but it, it comes in, in the face of this sort of slower, progressing and, and equally serious problem of our changing environment. Do you think people's attitudes towards climate change might be different. We talked about this a little um, last week, and uh, I, I wondered if if uh, people would kind of uh, acknowledge this would bring to people's attention the fact that global problems can exist, that scientists can be right, uh, and, and so on, and uh, we should be a little bit more careful about these. We shouldn't be so blasé about um, the kind of threats that are um, threats to the to uh, the world population, which which have been issued. I think that's. That's absolutely right. There's a possibility that you can have a change in attitude that, that these global problems exist, that we need to, to uh, accept the challenge of finding solutions collectively as, as, uh, as humanity. And the fact that governments can spend a lot of money uh, to address some of these problems may uh, uh, also make a lot of sense for the climate change crisis as well as the loss of biodiversity around the world so there may be we may see a sea change in attitudes about the government's involvement and collective actions to address global problems which hasn't really been up front uh to date mm. okay uh, uh another issue that was uh, raised uh by uh, an earlier caller uh, Jim was uh, about the um, so the restoration basically of, of wildlife markets uh, in in China. We had an email from that topic from Bowen, uh, who says, "Dear Backchat, the information provided in the article in Mail Online that Jim, the caller, referred to, is appalling." and I encourage everyone to read it. It proves beyond any doubt that Professor Yun Kwok Jung was absolutely right in calling attention in his Ming Pao column to the wild animal trade in China and the need to clamp down on it completely, or else we will have another new strain of infectious disease a bit down the road. Ironically, some people on both sides of the border have not heeded the lesson of Dr. Li Wenliang, but what, what they have done to attack Professor Yun is exactly the same as what mainland authorities did to Dr. Li and his associates, and which caused the outbreak to be exposed weeks later than it should have been some people just never learn from the past that comes uh, from bowen thank you very much in, indeed for that um back chat at rthk.hk once again the the uh, the uh, uh, our email address if you want to comment what what about those um wildlife markets in 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 china what's the what's the situation there um my understanding is that they were basically illegal but they were very hard to clamp down on is that what is the situation dr david well, 
Yeah, yeah there's wildlife markets throughout uh, China and Southeast Asia and other parts of the world as well. It's where you get these combinations of many different wild species brought together in very cramped conditions, and uh, they interact a lot with people. This is sort of a laboratory for places where viruses can mutate and, uh, and be, become infectious to, to humans. And so it's the wildlife trade overall that is, is the real danger for future outbreaks. And as we've seen, uh, China has really um, stepped up to try to ban the trade and uh, to take steps to, to try to prevent future outbreaks. And there's efforts in other countries in Southeast Asia as well to try to shut down some of these markets and reduce the trade as a whole. It's not just the markets. The wildlife is transported and moved around uh, all over the region now. It's um, a very, very active trade, but it is, it is the reason we're, having, we're seeing these outbreaks, most likely. And uh, there's good scientific evidence to show that uh, the current COVID-19 um, disease came from, originally came from um, the wildlife. It, it jumped somewhere along, along the way. The markets are a place where you can have outbreaks occurring more frequently because of the conditions there. So it, it's a very good precautionary approach as a society to, to shut down the wildlife trade as best we can. Okay, well, David Olson, many thanks for joining us. Uh, on the line there, Director of Conservation at WWF uh, Hong Kong. Uh, many thanks to you. That's it for the programme. For today, back at 8.30.